0: It was a happy holiday for Ripley High as both the Vikings and the Lady Vikings prevailed in tournaments they hosted. And the Young Viking wrestling team is beginning to make some noise, getting some attention in the new WV Matt AAA poll. We'll have all that and more in Edition 7 of Viking 360. I'm Mike
1: Rubin, and my co-host, Brian Johnson, caught up with a Viking Hall of Fame selection. The former basketball and football standout had a career in professional football that took him across America from New England to Los Angeles. Here's RHS grad Brent Winter.
0: Welcome back inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by this week's guest, Brent Winter, a previous uh, Viking uh, starting quarterback a few years back. Brent, thanks for joining us, buddy.
2: Oh, thank you. This is my privilege.
0: Brent, uh, it's
2: been a minute since you've been uh,
0: under center at Ripley High School, but uh, talk talk (laughs) about it. Talk about being a Ripley Viking and uh, just how much you enjoyed uh, being a signal caller there for Coach Marino and, uh, you know, the type of impact it had on your life.
2: Well, it was everything. Uh, For me, it was everything I dreamed about as a kid, uh, growing up the son of a football coach with my dad. And uh, getting a chance to play at Ripley High School was a dream come true for me, and probably really the only place I really effectively played.
0: When you when you look at that time though, and that the um, relationships that cultivated while you were uh, playing at Ripley, and uh, you know, you you have an extensive background in the game of football, and we'll get into that as we go, but. Mm -hmm. Those those relationships that you develop at a high school level are ones that always seem to last the longest and it always seems to come back to home.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I tell you the greatest thing about for me that helped me in my career later on, everything I did in the game of football, I owe to Ripley uh, and and the football program that I was in, because growing up the son of a football coach, what was great about playing at Ripley is I got to learn. There's a lot of different coaching styles. There's a lot of different viewpoints of how you look at the game of football and trying to understand how Frank Marino looked at it. A big help for me was Jim Frazier, our defensive coordinator. Um, Coach Frazier, and and I believe his son, Jimmy, two of the best minds I've ever been around in football. And by looking at the way they look at the game of the football, explained to me there's a lot of different ways to look at football outside of the way my father looks at it. And that helped me in my career, because working for a lot of different types of head coaches, you understand that there's a lot of different ways you can do things successfully. You just got to be able to teach what you believe. And I would think
0: one of the things you probably learned of playing under Coach Marina, I know something I did, and I have only coached at a, a smaller level of basketball, never, never hadn't even really had an opportunity to coach football, but the way he went about it as far as, belief in his team and instilling that belief in you even if you really weren't that good anyway coach Marino yeah always yeah. had a way of making you feel like you could run through a wall
2: yeah yeah I, I I believe my father's the smartest football coach I've ever been around I believe that coach Frazier coach Dean coach Wallen all those guys helped me develop a wide range of how to teach the X and O's the the being the teacher of the sport But one thing I'll never forget, and I've done that ever since then in my coaching career, was Coach Marino had this knack of making you believe that you could do things that maybe physically you couldn't. And that's a gift, to get human beings to believe they can do things they're not really supposed to be able to do. And and I'll never forget that. He was the most, I don't know how to, I guess he was the best that I ever worked with at building egos. Yes,
0: his, his uh, charismatic way that he carried himself—yeah, really just dripped out onto the team. And if you were having a yeah. good year, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you everyone kind of had a little swagger like uh, Coach Marino yeah. had, and and you could see it. And, and you could see it. I know you got to see a little bit of this year's team, but Coach Smolder had him playing a little bit that way this year, and, yeah. and it was yeah. it was exciting to see that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and and I think you you hit the nail on the head, Brian. Is one of the best things Coach did, too, was he was an excellent in-game adjustment maker. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't realize, I always thought before playing quarterback for him, that I always thought football was about the preparation. And it is, to a large extent. I'm a big fan of Nick Saban's philosophy, and preparation's everything, and how you prepare. But I also learned you have to be able to adjust in the game. And Coach Marino did a good job of that, I thought.
0: Oh I, No question. I, it, it always seemed really simplistic what he was doing, but there's some genius in the simplicity of what he was yeah. doing. He wasn't yeah. making it too difficult uh, for a group of high schoolers to go out and, and operate, but he always seemed to make the right play at the right time, the yeah. right adjustment at the right time. Yeah. And you talk about those coaches, Coach Wallen, Coach Frazier, Coach Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, there was a, a group of those guys, Coach Reed, obviously, Yeah, he was
2: my freshman coach, and he was an excellent football coach. Yeah, incredible group. Now, Brent, this
0: year you were elected into the Viking Football Hall of Fame. Talk about that. What did that mean to you
2: personally? Uh, It's the biggest accomplishment I've ever had, Um, and I I believe that. I mean, I was talking to a couple – matter of fact, I'll give you an example of how important it is to me. Um, I spent time in April down with the Dallas Cowboys. A friend of mine is the general manager there, Will McClay. Studying film, taking tours, looking at their facility. Uh, this past weekend, I just flew out. A friend of mine's the president of the Los Angeles Rams. And well, I, I spent some time in before the game with the Eagles this week and looked at what they're doing and got a tour of the new stadium. They're building all that stuff. So spent last spring down at TCU with a kid, uh, Sonny Cumbie, which is the offensive coordinator at TCU, uh, watching his practices for a couple of days. And I tell you all those things because if you were to ask me today, what's the most impressive thing that happened to you this year, I would say being elected into uh, Ripley High School's Football Hall of Fame.
0: You know, I understand that. I was elected in a few years back, and Mm -hmm. um, I'm right there with you. Um, To me, it's one of the single greatest honors that I've uh, been able to uh, uh, be given um, in Mm – uh, in my athletic career, and, uh, you know, people may scoff at that and say, oh, that's crazy, and think about all the things that you did, and we're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. But when it comes from the people that you grew up with and the people that uh, mean so much to you in the community, there is another level of of uh, importance in my life, and I'm sure that's probably how you feel as well.
2: I, I can tell you every bit of my coaching experience – I once sat down <laughs> – it's funny you ask these questions, Brian, because I've had a lot of interviews and a lot of reporters asking questions, and uh, you do a good job of it, uh, buddy, because I once sat down for four hours in in uh, John Wooden's family room and wow. talked to him about coaching and what you coach about. And after about 30 minutes with him, he said, Brent, I can tell a lot about you. Uh, in the fact that a lot of your coaching, your philosophy, and how you are as a person has to do with your father and your hometown of Ripley, and oh, wow. I, la- I kind of looked at him. I said, "Why?" Well, he said, "Because you mentioned those two things a lot in the last forty-five minutes that we've been talking." And I, I thought to myself, yeah, "I guess." Uh, <laughs> and I told him, "I said, Coach, I got to be honest with you. Uh, it's, it's everything in me is sure. those two elements, and." I can I can take pinpoints. I used to use analogies. Rick Hatcher, Dave Fisher, Dean Parsons,
3: mm-hmm. Donnie
2: Rhodes, uh, Donnie Ray Hill, all those guys I would make. Th- their stories have been told all over this country <laughs> uh, about, you remind me of this person that did this and coaches them. And I t- used to t- t- tell Jimmy all the time, everybody in the entire coaching world, a college pro, and some high school levels in other states know who – uh, pitches. And <laughs> I used to talk about how, how Jimmy did this or how Dean did this or Bobby Balstick. Hey, listen, this guy used to do this on the defensive end side and, and all those guys and and Mark Blankenship Pitbull and those guys up front. Yeah. And, uh, and I, uh, Donnie Rhodes, I still tell the story about Donnie Rhodes. When I got my nose busted, Donnie almost passed out because it looked so ugly. And, uh, <laughs> I knew if it shook him, it took a lot to shook him. So if it <laughs> shook him, I knew I was hurt pretty bad. But he, he, everybody around the, in my entire career all over the whole country knows that I'm from Ripley and that I'm from West Virginia and that football was everything to us. Um, and, and that, pr- you just that can't pride,
0: help that's a pride, Coach. That uh, Oh, yeah. You know, anybody that's strapped it yeah. on that Blue and White, I had a chance to talk to the players prior to this season, and I talked a little bit to them about that. And you're not just playing for you and your teammates. You're playing for generations of guys who have worn that, that uh, blue and white for the Vikings.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, my grandfather, um, that leather helmet that used to be in the, the, the Trophy Center in 1936, my grandfather was a tackle on that. Wow. And then my father played uh, in the 60s and was a Division One scholarship player at Marshall coming out of Ripley, which we don't have a ton of. So you're right, the tradition goes deep, deep, deep into all the people that live in that area. And I try to explain to people outside of where we grew up. We, we, we grew up in a real lucky area. Yes. I, I, like I said, I've lived in every part of this country, and I can't tell you what a blessing it was to grow up in Ripley in that time frame. And and then to see how the traditions had been carried on and stuff. Yeah, that that's one thing is they'll tell you, around. I'm pig headed. I, I make it very clear <laughs> to everybody I'm from the hills. <laughs> Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Coach, not at talk, all.
0: Let's talk about your mom and dad. I've known them since I was a child, little guy, toddler. Yep. Talk about them, mm-hmm. how important they are to you, and, and the impact that you've, as you mentioned a moment ago, you've talked a lot about your dad and, and what a great football coach he was. Tell everyone uh-huh. what a great father he was. I, I know oh, yeah. not just from knowing you for a lot of years, yeah, but your mom and crazy. dad is very important in your life.
2: Well, he's my hero. So, my father, and he gets mad all the time when I talk about it. He's the most modest human being I've ever been around in my life. Uh, To him, he's not worth a dime. But um, I've made it very clear. And again, I'll tell you an interesting story. When I was sitting with John Wooden is um, after we finished that discussion, he said, Brent, you know, I had the exact same relationship with my father as you do. My father was my hero. And he said, we shared this poem together. And he gave me a copy of that poem and wrote it and signed it to dad to send back to him. And um, one time I was at the Cleveland Browns and I was in the, the general manager's office with Carmen Policy. Uh, Carmen Policy calls dad because I tell him that dad hasn't seen a Cleveland Browns game. He's been a fan since the 50s. So everywhere I've been, wow. my parents have been there with me. And I and I got to be honest with you, again, being people from Ripley, and it always comes back to Ripley and the type of people that are in that community is there's an un canny ability that everybody in that community has to teach their children how not to be afraid to fail. Yeah. And, and by getting that instilled in you were able to do what you do, what your brother Mark did. You look at those things, little small country kids from the small town we are from aren't supposed to be able to do those things. (laughs) Right. And I believe it's because, uh, uh, that community and those people in Ripley, have an uncanny ability to teach your children to not be afraid to fail and then we go experience those things and my mom and dad are and 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 the second thing they've done for me which i'm trying to do with my little girl ella is um they put me first they sure. always put me first and that's hard to do and now that i'm adult i see how how, yeah. how easy it is to be <laughs> selfish yep and and i know your folks the exact same way knew them a long time and they always put their children first so I I believe, I truly say, and I've said this to reporters in Boise, Idaho, I believe I grew up in the greatest town in in the United States. Coach, talk about that.
0: I know this would be a a four-hour podcast if we talked about everywhere you went, but highlight some of the places you've been and and where the great sport of football has taken you.
2: Oh, man, it's – I can't – you know, I've done stuff from – stood in a position drill with Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells while they were coaching to taking a ride on the Goodyear blimp. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I spent 24 hours on an aircraft carrier where I was actually flown out to the aircraft carrier and landed on it. I'm not going to tell you what happened there because that was (laughs) a little embarrassing and I've been catapulted off of it uh, to come back. So it's literally from everything I, I, But I also have a great story to tell about my naive uh, experiences. Like the first time I flew, I think I was 28 years old. Yeah, Um, It was a uh, flight when I was coaching with the Madison Square Garden team in New England. And uh, thank God my mom and dad came to that game because I overslept. We had a 5 a.m. wake-up call. Dad came up and banged on the door and said, hey, I didn't see you in the lobby with the rest of the team. I said, (laughs) wow, I got – I got fined uh, (laughs) on my very first road trip in pro football. So that was awesome. Wow! Uh, I've lived in, uh, so it all started when Jimmy and I were going to do the exact same thing. We were going to go to college and uh, try to play college football. If we couldn't, which he did actually play. I didn't, I sat on the bench, but man, what great seat. I just got to (laughs) sit right there, record all the plays and stuff. And I, that's where the coaching all started for me. I was like, oh, man, I don't think that plays going work. And then right. I realized <laughs> I realized that I didn't know any better than they did. But I sure. uh, started doing that at Fairmont, was coaching. And then Coach Elliott, my offensive coordinator at Fairmont State, I was going to get my master's in uh, industrial labor relations, and I was going to come back to Ripley and uh, settle there and spend the rest of my time with Coach Elliott said, hey, I really could use your help down at Fairmont State in spring ball if you could come down and coach spring ball for us. So I did that, and I was thrown right into special teams coordinator coordinators my first year of coaching in college, so that was an adjustment. Wow. About the only special teams I'd ever done was <laughs> hold for your brother. And <laughs> and he still he still had to coach me on all that, so I didn't know much about it at all. You know that. You yeah. saw how much I knew about kicking. So uh started there, met a guy named Ed Hotskis. He was an intern guy at the exact same time I was. And the next thing I know, I started coaching at Maryland, and I was coaching uh, – uh high school ball in virginia and he got into this pro arena league thing in new york so i went up there and coached with him in the summer and the guy i was coaching with hired me on full time so i was at madison square garden for new york we left took over an expansion team in chicago uh spent some time there and then uh my friend that got me into the league he got the head coaching job in la so i went with him there uh and then after la i got the head coaching job in boise idaho the arena league and uh, spent a year doing that and then uh, a little girl came along and I said "Uh oh I may have to grow (laughs) up and get a uh, get a grown-up job here (laughs) and so I used that I went back to high school and used that to get out here to Raleigh to where now working in software so I mean buddy I like you said I've had every experience possible I've been in NFL meetings been in Draft days, been in uh, locker rooms, talking with coaches, in their drills, doing that stuff, all the way down to high school. And i got to be honest with you, it's, um, I think when you look nationwide, some of the best coaches in the country are high school coaches.
0: I don't think there's any doubt about it. And there's a lot of yeah. good coaches from the state of West Virginia.
2: I mean, just oh, look, at, it's awesome. look at the uh,
0: Division One level, Nick Saban, yeah. uh, Jimbo yep, Fisher. Yep. Uh,
2: that you was just... so close, too. That's a funny story about that, too. I didn't know Nick Saban at the time. Nick Saban was at Kent State, and uh, I was just kind of getting started, you know, coaching and doing all that stuff. And I had a chance – I didn't know at the time, but I had a chance to uh, go up and try to get – to work with him at a camp. And uh, didn't know – you know, I, I didn't know who Nick Saban was at the time. And so I missed that boat, and then I was supposed to go down and coach with Rich Rodriguez at Glenville State before he took the way. The Clemson and Tulane jobs, so I had a shot there. Didn't pay attention, so uh, <laughs> and Jimbo was at Sanford when I was back coaching early on, and and uh, didn't take advantage of that. So I tell you what, what a brilliant decision maker I am. <laughs> well, you
0: had a great career, uh, coach, yeah. and I don't think you have anything to to have any uh, complaints or any you know doubt in no. your mind. I mean, you did great no, yeah. things, and like you said, you've carried on that. Mm-hmm. uh, Ripley mantra wherever you went, and from all of us here in the community, we certainly appreciate that. I mean, that's yeah. uh This, yeah. as you know, this is an important place. It is to me. It is to you. Oh, and, yeah. and to
2: a lot of people. It always will. And um, I, again, the people. You know, I, I I told Mike Rubin this the other day. His story, uh, my freshman year in basketball with Coach Ru- with Rubin on the bus. I've told that to people and. Um, uh, <laughs> In Washington State. I said, so they, if you get, if people recognize your name, uh, know that it was a positive story. It was definitely a positive story. Well, there's and, not,
0: uh, there's really not many uh, things you can say about Mike Rubin that aren't positive, Brent. I know exactly. He's had, and he obviously exactly. are my co host on here and my yeah. right hand guy. And uh, he's one of my dear friends. And uh, he's certainly, we're lucky to have him. We're very lucky to have
2: him. Yeah, and you guys too, Brian, you and Mark have done a great job too of keeping uh, Ripley's football relevant. And I'm going to tell you, from an outsider looking in, that's not easy to do. Um, and I want to thank you guys for doing that because guys like yourself doing this continues the community of football that we have in Ripley. And that's that's not that's a thankless job, um, <laughs> but but a lot of us appreciate it from the outside looking in. I'm going to tell you that because – I'm going to now be a follower of this podcast. I'm going to be watching this stuff, and and because of you guys, we get a chance to have uh, uh, that relived all the time. Matter of fact, my nephew now is a pretty good little football player up in Vienna, Virginia, and uh, I think he's a little sick and tired of hearing about Ripley stories. Dad and I are killing him pretty good.
0: (laughs) Well, get him, get him to subscribe on this podcast as well. That way, he can hear some more about it. Right? (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. That's what he needs. Yeah, some more, Coach. I certainly appreciate you taking the time and again, appreciate what you uh, do for us outside of of Ripley and then come back and visit us again. It was great seeing you this year during the season and we hope to see you again real soon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like what coach Smolder is doing for the program. I think the guy's a heck of a football coach and um, I'm going to do what I can to try to help you guys because it's rare when you get a guy like him um, to lead your program. And I want to make sure he gets all the help he can get because, uh, they had a good year this year, but more importantly than that, he's doing a great job raising good young men. You know, I thought Jimmy did a great job of that. Is winning games and stuff is important, but having a person that develops good young men is is really a hard person to find, and it's, and it's a gift, and I think Smolder does a great job of that. I really do. I couldn't agree more, Coach. It's I couldn't agree more. We, uh, we're very uh, lucky to have uh,
0: Coach, and yeah. uh, we're lucky to have you, man. Again, thanks again for the
2: time, and come see us real soon. Let me know anything you need anytime, buddy. I'll be there to help you guys because I owe it all to Ripley.
0: You've been listening to former Viking Brent Winter on Viking 360. Coach John Kennedy's Lady Vikings were victorious in their tournament, defeating Capitol High and Roan County to win the George Thompson Memorial Tournament.
1: Jalen Hunt was chosen Most Valuable Player, and Taylor Kennedy earned All Tournament for the Lady Vikings. Ripley will host Parkersburg South on Friday, and Marietta on Monday, January 7th. Brian Johnson had a chat with another contributor for the Blue and White, Junior Sharpshooter Caitlin Sarver.
0: Welcome back inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by Viking Junior Sharpshooter Caitlin Sarver. Caitlin, thanks for taking the time.
4: Thanks for talking to me.
0: Tell me a little bit about this team, Caitlin. Uh, you know, this is your third year in the program, and, uh, you know, you guys are progressing, getting better every year, uh, and you've been a big part of that. How much fun has it been for you?
4: Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I think this has been the funnest year yet. I'm really close with all the girls, so it's really fun when we're all bonding and having a good time together.
0: Now, you and uh, Jalen out on the perimeter, When you, both of you guys have it going and are knocking shots down. You are really a nightmare for teams to defend against. How much fun is that for the two of you to be able to play off of each other that
2: way?
4: It's a blast. We always get so excited for each other and for the team because we're both very competitive, so we want to win. So if one of us is hot, we try to get each other the ball.
0: When you first come out as a shooter, you come out in in warm-ups. Do you know uh, in warm-ups that night this is going to be a special night or – is it sometimes you come out and you're missing in warm-ups and you know, make everything in the game. How is it for you when you first get started to know that, hey, tonight might be a night I might uh, have a big one?
4: Uh, when I'm warming up, I just try to keep be positive because I'm really like if I miss one, it gets in my head. So I try to, you know, stay positive And then when I'm in the game, I just, you know, don't think about it. just go and shoot and do what I do. So I try to, you know, not get down on myself. <laughs>
0: You've got uh, a couple of seniors, three seniors to be exact, that uh, are a big part of this team, but they lean on you as well. You have Taylor uh, breaking the defenses down, getting the ball to you, kicking out uh, for open shots. Tessa down in the uh, block doing what she does, all the dirty work, getting rebounds, getting putbacks, playing hard defense. Obviously, Jalen we talked about. But has it dawned on you that, you know, you're almost to the halfway point of this season, your junior year, next year, you're going to be a leader on this team?
4: Yeah, I think about it all the time, how even though I'm a leader this year, next year I'm really going to be like the main leader, so I try to be a leader this year and look up to my seniors so I can be like they were to me.
0: How much have you learned from those girls, and then some of the the girls that have already gone on to graduate, as far as making you a better player and and teaching you how uh, things should be done?
4: I really look up to them, and I know like Lexi Miller, I looked up to her a lot because we're a lot alike, and... um. I don't just shoot, you know, I try not to just shoot threes, and I know she dro- drove a lot because teams would come out on her, so I look up to her on and off the court, too.
0: Pretty good student as well, I understand, right? What, uh, what's your GPA?
4: Uh, 4.0 right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can't get a whole lot better than that. How hard is that for you to balance uh, academics and athletics? Uh, it's pretty much like having a full-time job.
4: Yes, it is. And where I play volleyball and basketball, I don't really have a break, So, but I've learned to manage not procrastinate as much
0: how much does a competitive nature that you have play into not just athletics but also academics you want to be uh, up there pretty high when you graduate
4: yeah my parents have high expectations and so do i so yeah i expect the best in sports and academics
0: what's your plan when you graduate ripley high school have you thought that far ahead yet where do you want to go what do you want to do uh, what are some of your aspirations
4: um, I'm thinking about going to WVU. I want to be a pediatric nurse because I like nursing and I want to be with kids. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: Uh, any aspirations to play basketball after high school, or is, ha- have you thought that far ahead?
4: Um, I've thought about it. And I'm still thinking about it. I just feel like it'd be hard with what I want to be. So I'm still putting that into consideration.
0: What What would a win? Uh, you know, we're we're here before the uh, George Thompson Memorial Tournament. Uh, you guys are getting ready to play in championship game tonight. What would a win tonight mean, uh, even winning a championship of any form or fashion? would have to mean a lot to you in, in this program. I talked to Coach Kennedy about it, and just winning and continuing that winning culture, hoisting a trophy tonight, that would be huge for you guys.
4: Yeah, I think we really need a win. I think last night helped because we were kind of in a slump there, but I think we really need a win tonight, and I think we expect to.
0: Before I let you go, did you have a good Christmas?
4: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: what was your favorite gift?
4: Oh, I got a new pair of Sperry boots, so I was happy about that. <laughs> All
0: right. Caitlin, thanks for the time. Best of luck. Thank you. You've been listening to Caitlin Sarver, Jr. for Lady Viking Basketball.
1: Ripley's wrestling team had a 4-4 record in the rugged Wheeling Park duels, getting wins over Morgantown, Weir, and Brook along the way. For the first time this season,
0: Coach Matt Smith's Vikings are receiving votes in the statewide poll. On Saturday afternoon, the Viking wrestlers will be hosting No. 2 Parkersburg, No. 5 University, and Spring Valley. A team assisted by one of Ripley's all-time greats on the mat, Mike Rubin caught up with Adam Bichek. He represents the epitome
1: of student-athlete. As a student, he ranked among the leaders in Ripley High's class of 2012. He attended Harvard University and is now a medical student at Marshall University. As an athlete, he was a four-time state champion in his chosen sport of wrestling. And we welcome to Viking 360, Adam Bicek. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Let's begin with that remarkable wrestling career, winning four state titles in four weight classes at uh, you were at 145 as a freshman, the 152 weight class as a sophomore, 160 as a junior and capping it off at 170 as a Viking senior. Of the four, uh, tell us which was the biggest challenge of uh, being uh, was it tougher being the hunter or being the hunted?
5: Um all of them stick out to me as having uh, different challenges to them. Um, the the first one, my freshman year at 145, I think was um, the hardest because I, it was proving to myself that I could win states. Um, as, as freshman year sort of went on, the the goal was to be a four timer. But you know, if you if you don't win that first year, the the possibility is done. So um, there's a lot of pressure on that first one, but the last one when I was so close to the end was um, like incredibly nerve-wracking, just knowing that, you know, in a split second it could be over. Um, but most challenging, definitely I would say, is my, my sophomore year. Um, as far as the competition, uh, I wrestled several guys two or three times each over the year, and lost to one of them, had only overtime matches with another one of them, and then I actually caught both of them in the um, state quarterfinals and state semifinals. And both of those matches went to the alternate rideout like the third overtime. And I won both both of those in the rideout and the final state finals, and eventually won, but... Definitely the hardest was my top one year with those two guys, and those was uh, Bo Cooper and Chad Morrison, both from Parkersburg. One was uh,
1: South, and the other was P- uh, PHS wrestlers. And, Adam, you were telling me, in your younger days, uh, you weren't a phenomenal wrestler uh, right off the bat. What, what? Tell us about your introduction to the sport, and it didn't go uh, all as planned right off the bat. Uh, yeah,
5: my, my introduction to the sport uh, was just randomly, um, one day in third grade, uh, there was a flyer given out for the, the signups for the little league wrestling at Ripley. Um, and I don't, I don't even remember any of my friends in the class being interested in it either. But for whatever reason, I asked uh, my parents if I could go out, sign up. And, uh, my dad was really against it. Um, he, he had wrestled and, you know, told me, he's like, you'll hate it. You know, it's so hard. Um, And I convinced him into letting me sign up, and he was right, uh, right out the bat. I mean, I wasn't good. Practices were terrible. I was getting beat up by kids that were, you know, a little more experienced or more athletic or something. One of the kids that beat me up a lot was my younger brother, Ashton. He, He went out for wrestling with me, was 10 pounds less than me, and beat me up for the first two years. That we maybe even three that we were wrestling together, um, but my my dad just had a, a rule that you know if you start a season you you have to finish the season, and for whatever reason I kept going back and starting a season, um, and he he forced me to finish and I stuck around and started making friends and it just kind of became habit that I was going to be wrestling from you know, late October through March or whatever when uh, the Little League States were. And it just became the thing that I was doing.
1: And, Adam, I know that you're still involved. Do you still keep in touch with the sport of wrestling? You were telling me that you have an interest in, uh, in this Saturday's uh, wrestling action at Ripley High.
5: Yeah. Um, now that I'm living in Huntington, um, I, I volunteer coach at Spring Valley, uh, in Wayne County right over here. Um, and this Saturday we are having a quad in Ripley, uh with uh Parkersburg High, Ripley and University. Uh and in my gap year from Harvard before med school I lived in Morgantown and actually coached at university. So some of the kids that I I coached at university are still on that team. And I'll be coaching against them Saturday. That, that's happened multiple times too, because um, last year we wrestled a couple of those guys at states and different tournaments here and there. So, but it'll, it'll still be nice to come back and see uh, see them because I, you know, don't get to travel as much and um, see some of the Ripley guys I know and my parents. So, looking forward to coming back.
1: Adam, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the academic side and the experience of attending, uh, getting an Ivy League education. What was that like to be a student at Harvard? Um, it, it
5: was an experience. Uh, it, it was exhausting, but at the same time, incredibly rewarding. Um, you, I, I was always proud to... You know, say that I was at Harvard and, um, uh, still on the wrestling team and, um, but it it was just an exhausting experience. Like having class all day, having studying in all your free time, and then also having the, uh, the required practices for wrestling, um, just build up all of the time. Um, and then four years, I I did undergrad in four years and, um, it, it was just awesome. Um wore me out, but I'm glad
1: I went through it all. Uh, Adam, most people here would know that your father is a local podiatrist. How did that influence your decision to pursue a future in the field of medicine?
5: Yeah, um, it was, I think, a a passive influence, I'd say. Um, I don't remember him ever forcing me into medicine or, or pushing it even. Uh, I think he definitely encouraged it when I, you know, sort of expressed that that's what I wanted to go into. Um, But I think most of all, it was just me having an interest in science and math and that stuff, and then also just seeing work. sort of just, you know, beeline me towards medicine, uh, becoming a doctor. And I think when they uh, knew that I had the ability to do it, uh, they were incredibly supportive and
1: encouraged it, um, and my mind's pretty much been made up since. Folks, uh, Adam, we'd like to thank you. Our thanks uh, to Adam Check for being with us on biking biking uh, 360. And, Adam, uh, have a happy new year. Thank you. The Vikings of Coach Luke Parsons posted victories over Point Pleasant and Calvary Baptist Academy to capture Viking holiday hoops. Isaac Putnam was selected tournament MVP, and junior
0: Jacob Pauty earned all tournament. More recently, Ripley dropped a six-point decision at Parkersburg. They returned to action Saturday at Riverside. This former Viking basketball player is the voice of one of Ohio's top high school programs, Mike Rubin spoke with Jason Filial, the voice of the Ironton Tigers.
1: He has basically made a career in the sports world, and yet he is not a coach, nor is he a professional athlete. He is none other than Ripley High graduate of 1989, Jason Filial. Jason played on the basketball and tennis teams as a Viking, and now I welcome Jason to Viking 360.
3: Rube, it's great to be here. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. I I listen to your podcast. You and Brian do a great job with that, and it's great to finally talk to you guys.
1: Great. Well, Jason has the distinction of being the radio voice of one of the most successful high school athletic programs in the state of Ohio, the Ironton Tigers. Tell us, Jason, uh, when did you get started and how did you get connected with the Tiger sports program?
3: Well, it started, I was working in a radio station in Huntington on uh, WVHU AM, and we would do a high school game of the week with uh, area teams, and and I was doing some color, and I was doing some play-by-play. The guy that had done the Ironson games for a long time took another job as a general manager at a radio station somewhere else, and they asked me if I would like to go ahead and and step in and fill his shoes, and they were pretty big shoes to fill because he's been there for a long time. And uh, that was back in 1997, 1998. So I have uh, I've been there ever since, and uh, it's just been a blast covering that.
1: I guess that um, one of the most distinctive things about Ironton football is historic Tank Stadium, and it dates back to the early days of the National Football League. Tell us about that history.
3: Yeah. Uh, you had semi-pro football teams back in the in the 20s, and Ironton had a team, they were known as the Ironton Tanks, and they had games played at this stadium, which is now Tanks Memorial Stadium, and this thing was built uh, in, back in the early 20s, they had their first game on Thanksgiving Day in 1923, uh, and you had some big-time uh, professional football players coming in and playing on that field. But again, it was a semi-pro football team. Um, that the big rival was the Portsmouth Spartans, just down the river. And uh, historically, in the state of Ohio, Ironton and Portsmouth have been one of the longest-running high school football rivalries in the Buckeye State. It goes back to 1902. They have played uh, well over 110 times, and uh, it, it dates back even to the semi-pro days. Uh, those two teams, you know, when times got tough, those two teams merged together. The Ironton Tanks eventually went to Portsmouth. And then from Portsmouth, that group of players and that team actually moved to Detroit, which came became the current Detroit Lions in the National Football League. Uh, there's one individual who played there. His name is Glenn Presnell. Uh, he played in Portsmouth. He played at Ironton, And he was one that actually got to pick the colors that the Detroit Lions wore back then. And those are the same colors they wear today. So it does have a long history uh, there've been so many great teams that have come through and when you think of ironton football you think of obviously the high school team but you also think of the semi pro team the ironton tanks
1: that's a, an exciting history and jace as a as the voice of the uh, of the tigers tell us what has been your your biggest thrill as the announcer uh, for ironton
3: well obviously when you step in and, and you're the play by play voice of one of the strongest traditions in ohio football uh, it's obviously a joy to just go every Friday night and, and see a packed house and, and hear the people cheering for the team. And you drive through town, you see the flags and the, the windows decorated and the little signs in the yard. Uh, it, it's just a lot of fun to do that. But there are several that stand out. And it's not just on the football field. I've been blessed to have the opportunity to call a state championship game in baseball. Uh, they lost 3-2 to two in that. I've had uh, the opportunity to call a state championship game in basketball. Uh, when they played North College Hill several years ago. North College Hill was a team that had NBA players O.J. Mayo and Bill Walker, and uh, Ironson nearly won that game. They actually had the game tied with a minute to go when everyone thought that it was going to be a blowout, and here's a small little school in the river uh, playing against the guys that are going to go to the NBA, and Ironson was right there with them at the very end. They made it to the, to the state tournament several years later. Uh, and lost in the semifinals. Also had a chance to call a football championship game in 1999. Um, Ireton lost the game 16-14 to 14 to Sandusky-Perkins High School on a touchdown pass with less than a minute to go. Uh, but, you know, you get that opportunity when you're in Ohio. I know in West Virginia, local radio stations, and I think this is a, a, a really bad thing that local radio stations don't get to go and call the state championship game that your school is in. Because it's done by Metro News, but uh, in Ohio we have that opportunity, and uh, it's just been a blessing to be able to do that and follow so many kids and you know kids that I've coached in, in little league baseball that have gone on to play high school ball and moved on to play college. So it, it's just been a blast, and you know, 21 years, and it's just there are so many great games that I've been able to see and so many great athletes.
1: And Jason, you are certainly no stranger to podcasts. You host the Sports Fill In on a daily basis. So tell us, what are your goals with the the podcast there?
3: Well, you know, it it turned out, it started off we were just doing a podcast, and then that kind of spun off into a daily radio program. So every day at noon, I'm able to talk live and talk sports and interview these people, and then, you know... That show itself becomes the podcast, so it's it's a daily thing, and I really just enjoy talking with people from, from different walks of life. We talked to a lot of different high school coaches from different sports, had the opportunity to speak to professional athletes, uh, Al Oliver, a great, and, and you're a big Pittsburgh Pirate fan, I know, Al Oliver uh, Scoop, I had the chance to talk with him, and we had a great conversation about 25 minutes just about baseball and life in general. Uh, you know, Cincinnati Reds players, we've talked with a, a lot of guys in, in professional hockey. Uh, so it's just been a whole lot of fun. And I, I want to do more of that. I like to, you know, just kind of break down and sit down with these guys, whether it's in the studio or on the phone, and just kind of learn a little bit about them and just kind of dive in and see what they're all about. So it's just been, that's been a great opportunity. It's
1: been a lot of fun as well. Jason, I just happened to be listening uh, to the podcast on the day that you interviewed uh, Keith Morehouse of WSAZ on the anniversary of that tragic Marshall University plane crash. Uh, that yeah. was an outstanding program.
3: Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, Keith is always great. Of course, he is so tied into that. You know, his father, Gene Morehouse, who was the voice of the herd and uh, worked with Marshall, and he lost his father on that plane crash. And everybody knows the story. Uh, You know, whether it's watching Ashes to Glory or We Are Marshall, but Keith is a guy that always goes and talks to the football team every year. Um, When the football team makes a run up to the cemetery in the summertime, Keith is there and he talks to them. And the freshman class from Marshall comes in every year. Keith is there to talk to him about Marshall's story. And he is always so gracious to talk about that. And I'm sure it has to be hard for him uh, to still, you know, have those feelings. And it comes up every year. But he is, he's so good to just sit down and talk about it because his story is very special, as is the Marshall story.
1: And, Jason, if some of our listeners would like to catch your podcast, The Sports Fill-In, how do they go about doing that?
3: Yeah, they can go to uh, iHeartRadio. I've got it on iHeartRadio. You've got a podcast tab there at the bottom. Uh, when you load that, uh, you just search for Sports Fill-In. That's, as I say on the radio, P-H-I-L-I-N. It's all one word. Uh, you can do a search for the sports fill in. Follow me on Twitter, at sports fill in, and I'll set a link and, and link those uh, podcasts for each day's show so people can go and listen to it, download it, like it, uh, give me some feedback. Love to hear from uh, the folks in Ripley and uh, the alumni from all over the world.
1: Now, after attending uh, Ripley High School, Jason went on to Marshall University. And he ran the digital scoreboard in the uh, Henderson Center for Thundering Herd Basketball. I know that he's also played the music uh, for Thundering Herd uh, Football at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. And he's even dabbled in the world of professional wrestling. It seems like you've always been involved with the world of sports.
3: Yeah, sports has just been, uh, you know, my life ever since I was a kid, you know, playing t-ball for Ripley Garage... Uh, down in Ripley Little League, and, and played in the uh, Ripley Midget Football League and basketball, it's always been a part of my life, so, in different sports, you know, you mentioned professional wrestling, we had a television show back in the early 2000, uh, I was able to do play-by-play for that, I've even been in uh, professional boxing, not in the ring, mind you, but uh, just, just calling the action on the sidelines, and that's a funny story in itself, because another Ripley grad and broadcaster, Mark Martin, was asked to do this, and uh, he couldn't, so he recommended me, and And there, I got the job, and and we had a blast with that. So, yeah, sports has been a really key, a really key thing in my life, and you know, I've had fun with it. Love being around it. I wasn't the greatest athlete in the world, but I can always uh, be there to, you know, right there in the middle of the action, calling it and describing it for people back home.
5: And
1: it has to be exciting for you now that your two boys are at the age where they're both getting involved in sports as well.
3: They are Uh, both. My kids love baseball. They're playing basketball. They're just all about. My youngest is playing soccer, and uh, I'm able to coach again. You know, coaching my son in in baseball and basketball, and just they keep me busy. You know, whether it's travel basketball or down at the little league field every night of the week, uh, it's just a lot of fun to see them. And you know, kind of, I don't want to say live through them, but just to see the joy they have when they're successful, either on the baseball field or on the court, It's, it's just a lot of fun and brings me a lot of joy as well.
1: Jason, it's good to hear from you, as always, and we thank you for joining us on Viking 360.
3: Rube, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to uh, hearing you all go uh, each week. I love it. Keep up the great work, and go bikes.
1: Before we go, we congratulate Viking football's Caden Keeler. He was chosen as a first-team lineman on USA Today's All-West Virginia team. Until next time, we'll
0: see you around.